Hello and welcome to PSPA's brand new podcast for people caring for loved ones living with PSP and CBD. My name is Liz Sturgis. I'm one of PSPA's helpline care navigators and I will be chatting with various carers, professionals and PSPA staff members once a month about topics that matter to you. This podcast is brought to you thanks to the kind support of Pavers Foundation in memory of Mary Yule, who passed away in the past year. In this first episode of our Carers podcast, we're talking to Beth Morgan Henderson, who's Head of Communications and the Charitable Foundation at Pavers. Beth is going to share with us her PSP experience and how support of our podcast came about. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your aunt who was living with the diagnosis of PSP? Yeah, um, well, it's a great honour to be part of this um, PSP awareness podcast in, in, in memory of my beloved um, Aunt Mary. Um, yeah, my aunt was a very active, independent uh, woman with an incredible, infectious sense of humour. Um, she was born and bred in the northeast, and um, amongst her friends, she was a sole, sole driver amongst all of her friends. Um, her entire friendship group, and she would take her friends on outings and activity groups several times everywhere. Nothing was any trouble to her. Um, um, we used to call her our very own angel of the north. She was she was very infectious, and she was um, a great, you know, just a great person. To, and you kind of wherever she was, you wanted to be where she was. She was that funny, um, good fun. So yeah, very 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 special lady. So what symptoms did your aunt show and, and how was her diagnosis? Um, so initially it um, started in 2014 um, and it started with dizziness and balance problems and she had frequent falls and causing herself a great deal of injury. Um, during the time she also suffered with high blood pressure and anxiety and panic attacks which she was informed exaggerates you know, her problems. Um, but despite medication, the dizziness and falls continued. And, and after several visits to A&E, um, she was eventually referred to the falls team, uh, who along with the GP made a diagnosis of benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, BPPV. Um, they recommended several, several aids and um, an adaptation for her to obtain such as walking frames and uh, grab rails. She was still living alone at this point in the northeast, and her family lived um, quite far away in Lincolnshire. Um, the dizziness and falls continued, which knocked her confidence, resulting in um, stairlifts being fitted, use of walking sticks, progressing to walking frames, and then a wheel frame. None of this ever stopped the fall. She would just fall backwards, forwards, sideways, holding on to the um, holding on to the equipment. Um, and during this time, she never really shared the exact amount of falls that she had, um, only the ones that visibly showed injury. Um, I didn't want to worry her daughter, Valerie, who lived two hours away. But it was a constant worry because Valerie was very aware of her safety and suggested that she move to Lincolnshire to be near her family, which she initially refused as she wanted to stay as independent as possible in her own home. 
but did accept that um, she needed more help. So carers and domestic help were, were there every day to help with activities of daily living. Okay. And, and so as those symptoms progressed, um, how did your, your cousin actually find the impact on the family life for her? Oh, well, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was devastating, really. So in 2015, she was referred to a consultant um, for the elderly who, following two years, did various tests um, and investigations. So it was very time-consuming having to make those trips up to the northeast, um, where she, in fact, was a nurse in, in Lincolnshire herself. So it was very time-consuming. The impact on her family was, was quite severe. Um, she, she was tested for blood, CT, MRI, DAT scans, carotid Doppler, uh, none of which gave a conclusive diagnosis. And all the time, her condition was worsening. Um, she brought various aids herself to try and sort of help her condition to make her stay independent. Um, TENS machines, TENS machines, electronic massage equipment. So because the muscle stiffness in her neck and side was starting to get um, quite unbearable, uh, and that developed then into spasms and rigidity which further reduced her mobility. Um, so by 2016, she required a wheelchair and of course there was no one to kind of move her around because she was in the Northeast. Um, but during this time as well, her thought process slowed down and she found it, found it difficult to recall correct words, appeared apathetic and, and often looked vacant. Um, so that sort of progressed and through 2017, early 2018, she was finally diagnosed um, with having PSP, which was devastating for her and her family, knowing that she has such an incurable um, disease. Um, so, but it was at that time that she acknowledged to her family that she needed to move. And after 76 years of living in the Northeast, she then had to sell her home and move close to her daughter, which on one side was lovely, they could be close together, but it was a very difficult decision that she had to make. And then life changed by 2019 dramatically for them um, as they were learning to cope with it. The mobility greatly reduced, the, the walking frame was, was used with a supervision, but no longer required, um, sorry, no longer independent, requiring help all of the time for everything. Um, with personal care, her, she um, contracted double and blurred vision um, her speech was becoming slower and quieter, often saying yes for no and no for yes. Um, uh, her humour stayed with her. She, was, she always tried to, which was a great help, you know, for the family because she tried to laugh at her own situation. But things developed more rapidly in the final year of her life and her speech became inaudible at times. She rapidly became chair then bed bound, um, partly due to her, her mobility but the comfort that she got from staying in bed was far greater than moving about because of the muscle spasm and rigidity. And finally, her ability to swallow solids caused weight loss, lack of energy. The dietitian was involved, but there was now no desire to eat. Um, and then came COVID, which was the final straw. Uh, and the only enjoyment that she had had were her family and friends. And that's why she moved uh, to Lincolnshire to be with her family, but um, all that had to stop um, due to shielding and that gave devastating consequences because then she was then required to go into a care home, which cut her off from 
her entire family for yeah. her final few months. So it was a very difficult time. It certainly sounds it, goodness. So following on from, from that, and she spent her final few months in the care home, what, what then led you later to leading uh, to, sorry, what then led you to contacting PSPA about possibly financially supporting some of our work through the Pavers Foundation? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I, I, I head up the, um, the communications and the uh, charitable foundation here at Pavers. And um, it's a scheme that the foundation is a wonderful, uh, wonderful initiative derived by the Pavers family um, after the loss of um, their mother, really, and our founder, Catherine Paver. And it's, the foundation is completely employee-led, which means all the decisions are taken from uh, colleagues throughout the business. So it's not a third-party sort of charity that people can sort of come from uh, third-party charities and, and ask for help. So, um, and its sole cause is dedicated to take, to make a meaningful impact to local communities and, and beyond at, at times. Um, and so today, you know, we've only been going three years, and today the foundation has um, donated over £930,000 to local causes and charities of our employees' wish. And we're very close to meet, reaching that million-pound milestone. So it's, you know, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for uh, our colleagues. But the causes tend to be associated in areas of health, education and community and being so personally impacted by sadness and almost helplessness to support my aunt during her fight. Uh, and due to the real lack of knowledge of this ter terrible disease, I reached out to the foundation for help, knowing its careers of health, education, community, and felt that that resided in every aspect of what is missing surrounding PSP. And I wanted to help in some small way if I could make some sort of a change. So that inspired me to kind of, um, you know, go to the foundation and ask for help, really. did you have to do how did you progress the idea forward so um you have to there's a committee that meet twice a year and um so it's may and november and prior to that you have to submit a grant application and um together with my aunt's daughter valerie we contacted pspa to ask what support might be needed um to help my grant application you know come together um and we wanted to support something that we felt was tangible, uh, that we could see a real impact from. And, and whilst we know research is key, absolutely, um, to this condition, we felt we wanted to support the areas that we understood that were lacking, and that was just, just knowledge, really. Um, and we felt that the podcast, once Helen told us about the podcast, seemed to be the perfect vehicle for us to support. Um, so, yeah, I submitted my application um, based with lots of help from Helen on um, the cost and, and how it was all going to be done. And then that was submitted to the committee um, to give their consideration to. Um, so, yeah, and I was absolutely delighted, humbled and overwhelmed when, um, and extremely grateful actually, to have my application granted. Um, in such, in such challenging times as well, because, mm. you know, uh, as a business, we have suffered the impact of, of, of COVID. So the funds are not as um, 
healthy as they were in the foundation, shall we say, because it relies very much on the profit of the business. Um, and last year we had most of our shops closed for what well, they've only really opened in <laughs> April. So um, yeah, I it was um, it was just amazing that um, I had this opportunity and uh, the, the committee and the trustees, you know, um, accepted my application and granted the donation. That's brilliant news for us and brilliant news for you as well that the shops are back open. Um, yes. um, what have what have the rest of the family said about the podcast and the sponsorship? How? Well, yeah. So, um, well, my family are eternally grateful to the foundation, especially Valerie, who is my aunt's daughter, um, that we've been given the opportunity really to raise the profile of PSP um, and do some good for others for what was such a very sad personal loss um, and that's left such a void in our lives that that cannot be filled, that we felt if we could do something that could help others, um, it gives it gives a little bit of um, sort of comfort. And so everybody's delighted that, you know, we're able to do that really in her legacy, um, really. That, and that's how we found about it. Wonderful. joining us today Beth it's been great to hear about your aunt and also how pavers has helped to make this podcast possible we are extremely grateful for your support thank you that's all we have time for today but we'll be back soon to talk with one of our supporters about how caring for her husband who's living with PSP has evolved and the funding that PSPA offers for supporting voice banking and improving quality of life mm-hmm.